Thanks for the victory lap though Whoa, whoa They ain't never seen nothing like this before Lit the room when I came through the front door Ask me if I should suffer come work for Train in the trees What's up everyone? You're listening to The Roz Project. My name is Ivan Tomokov and I'm your host. On this podcast, we discuss entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech and marketing, why should you listen to this podcast? This podcast is for those of you who are looking for life-changing advice and ways to thrive digitally with your business. As always, all content is 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. Today on the podcast, I have a treat. And I have none other than Carson Goodell, who is the CEO of Fan Food. Welcome, Carson. How are you? Good man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So just to kind of give people a little bit of a preface about fan food, fan food is the fastest and easiest way for venues and restaurants to offer contactless services, from cashless mobile ordering to non-contact pickup and delivery. So Carson, before we hit record, I, I wanted to save the, the this question for while we were recording, I wanted to ask you, so did you just wake up one day and we're like, you know what? It's just cool to start a business. Like let's spend a few minutes, you know, telling the audience, how did fan food come about? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, I get, uh, get asked the question often and, and it's, it's unfortunate because the idea isn't like this. Oh, I was stuck in a, in a live, you know, atmosphere and the, you know, in a concession line and the, you know, last second on the clock, it's going through the upright, you know, and I missed the big play. Nope. Like it, that didn't happen as much as I like wish it would have. Um, it was my sophomore year in college. I was at a bar with some of my buddies went to the University of Iowa complaining about a crowded, crappy experience I had with my buddies, wanted to get a drink and said, wouldn't it be great if I could get a drink ordered? You know, mm -hmm. from my phone and a server bring it to me rather than me having to navigate through this congested, crowded bar. I decided to pivot, you know, the team, like the co-founders and I, we decided to pivot to sports and live entertainment because we felt the biggest pain point from a customer perspective was waiting 20 minutes in line for a hot dog and beer. And the reality was the people uh, or the organizations at the time trying to solve that, um, the approach that they took failed. Mm -hmm. And the approach being uh, taken in the restaurant space at that time was proving to be successful with online and mobile ordering marketplaces like Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, etc. So rather than compete with them, I set my sights on going for a greenfield of opportunity in sports and live entertainment. So what was so interesting about that that you said is how this simple yet so powerful idea ends up coming to fruition. And you were talking about, you know, the DoorDash and the Uber Eats of the world and um, Grubhub, obviously, which have dominated the space for a very long time. 
And it's actually ironic that you mentioned <laughs> these, these competitors because I actually had a two-part question that I wanted to ask you because I know you have an immense amount of value to share about this. But before we get to that, you said something else that I think it's important to notate here that a lot of people don't understand. A lot of entrepreneurs, you said approach. Approach being such a keyword because, as you know, in business, in entrepreneurship, your approach is the differentiation. Yeah, How you do that. things is what differentiates you from the rest of the herd. So while here you are, you're trying to get a drink and food, and you know the Grubhubs and the Uber Eats and the DoorDash of the world exist, you realize that, you know what, they just don't have a feasible approach to this. It's not intuitive enough for someone like me, just a fan. So if I'm seeing this as a problem, again, this is a giant opportunity for me to create something. And that's really where I think the birth of fan food kind of came about, right? Yeah, totally. So the two-part question, you know, that I wanted to ask you is the first part is, you know, what are your thoughts on small businesses and the way that they're, you know, pivoting in the current landscape with COVID? Um, well, I think for any business that has been affected by COVID, so that's the first thing you think about, what are the businesses that have been affected by any, any large crowds, right? So all of events for mm -hmm. which and food would, you know, our primary customer market would fall under. So our revenue streams went from, you know, 100 to 0% pretty much overnight. But if you think about like the brick and mortars, the local, the local mom and pops, the, the restaurants and uh, the retail locations and everything that falls under hospital, pretty much the service sector um, also was impacted. And, you know, like a lot of business owners, I think it has been an eye-opening time because you immediately go into the, oh shit, what do I do next phase, right? That's when contingency planning sets in, identify all of the uh, risk associated with your revenue streams going down to zero and mitigating those risks and taking courses of action, you know, recommended or appropriate courses of action to solve for those. And so, you know, it's kind of, I mean, you feel bad. You really do because it's a global pandemic and it's out of anybody's control. I'm a business owner. The local, you know, mom and pop restaurant down the street is a business owner and we can't do anything about it, right? They can't, they, they can't, they're not solving, they're not solving it. Neither am I. I can't solve, right? I can't solve it. We're trying to come up with a cure fast, but we can only hope. So what can we do, right? And unfortunately, if you're a brick and mortar business and you don't have the technology to pivot, then unfortunately you don't have a business. Yeah. That's the I mean, that's the reality. If you don't have any way to pivot, you don't have a business. And as a result, you're tough to make, you're forced to make tough decisions. But unlike those brick and mortar businesses, and this is where the, you know, hope or optimism in me comes out, 
we have the ability to pivot. We are a technology company and yeah. we can provide value. So as we, our initial go to market was in the sports and entertainment industry, there are some businesses that fan food, if you take fan food, the skin out of it and at the core the technology that we do can add value in other areas. And so that's what we did. We pivoted to accomplish that and to like what you said, create an impact to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that was, that was a powerhouse of an answer. And before I jump into the second part of that, uh, question, I wanted to elaborate a little bit on what you just mentioned. And so I've been very fortunate and blessed to work with you and fan food over the last several months. And I applaud you for pivoting. I really do because there is so many small businesses that have been unable to do that because I think in part they have either refused to do it or maybe a lack of creativity. And one thing that you mentioned, which I just absolutely admire as a fellow business owner, is that, you know what, when your revenue goes to 100 to zero overnight, what's the only thing that you have? You got to get creative. You got to figure out, and the beauty about a technology company like FanFood is that you have the option to do that. You just have to think outside of the box more creatively. And this is, I think, in essence, where FanFood has been able to sustain during one of the most difficult times in human history that we know of and come it out actually better on the other side because you've actually opened up your wings and realized, you know what? We can actually span. We can actually cover more space. It's just we've felt kind of confined, like you said, to the sports and the live entertainment industry because that's what we set out to do. Now, the second part of the question, going back to Grubhub and Uber Eats that I'm so excited to ask is, how is fan food competing with the likes of Grubhub, Uber Eats of the world, and DoorDash? I'll tell you how we're not competing, and it's against uh, the marketing budgets that they have <laughs> on you know, user acquisition, because we're not, right? We're growing. I like to think that we're a company, but we're, you know, we're a growing startup slash, you know, becoming, you know, evolving into a company, you know, in real time right now. So it's things that, you know, at the surface may perceive, like be perceived as an amazing pivot. But the reality is, as a growing startup, you never have enough cash in the bank and you never have enough time to accomplish your goals, right? And so when you go from a 100% down to 0%, you know, we wanted to use our cash to invest in our team, all right? The co-founders and I wanted to invest those resources into our team to create, uh, you know, to, into actually primarily a sales and marketing force to take our product and showcase value, then COVID hit. And so... I think there's two, two kind of key strategies that I like considered. There's mm -hmm. a defensive one, which is the same, you know, that it'd be like, don't pivot and result in furloughs and layoffs in order to manage your cash position, because that's the only option you have like a brick and mortar or B you go on the offensive and you pivot and you figure it out. 
And I think like during times like these um, are what defines organizations in the long run. Um, so that's like kind of, you know, my two, my two cents, my two cents around that. And, um, and the reality is like, you can't get to where you want to go without having everybody aligned and on the same page with that. First of all, so in response to that, a couple of things that I wanted to say, I love the offensive approach. I really do. Because I think that defines the inner strength of a company in yeah. the most difficult of times. And a couple other things just to elaborate upon that is, so you mentioned that you could not compete with companies like DoorDash and Uber Eats because of their massive marketing budgets for user acquisition. And yeah. honestly, I call bullshit on that because here's the way I see it. And, and, and I'm a huge fan of this just from a general business standpoint. It's three things, likability, trust, and value. If your audience likes you, they trust you, and they see value that you offer, is like you said, on the offensive, you chose the offensive approach, you pivoted, you figured it out, and you're actually coming out better on the other side, even for the long term, because you're actually increasing your market share, because you're capturing additional verticals in the business marketplace. And guess what? I guarantee you right about now, the Uber Eats and the DoorDash of the world are going, holy shit. These guys are, are, are increasing their market share. They're capturing all these verticals. And which, by the way, one thing you didn't mention is that FanFood is a no commission type of company, which is like mesmerizing in this space. And it's mesmerizing because a lot of businesses that, that see value in the service and the technology that you provide, they're having a hard time believing this. They're having mm -hmm. a hard time believing that you're a no commission technology company because the likes of Uber Eats and, and DoorDash uh, have literally kind of saturated the space because that is in essence, you know, their moneymaker. I mean, I'll give you an example. <laughs> I used Uber Eats at my house to get a Subway sandwich delivered. It cost me a foot long steak and cheese sandwich, cost me $20. It actually costs $9.99 to get the sandwich. The remainder is delivery charges, uh, minimal order fee, and whatnot. I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is where, and guess what? Like, those kinds of businesses are getting nothing, literally. Let alone when you're ordering from Uber Eats from a local business, and they're getting zero. They're getting zero. They're, it's basically price gouging. And so the reason I wanted to elaborate upon this and, and I wanted to ask you the second part question is that I have no doubt in my mind that fan food is a brand that's about to skyrocket overnight by, by capturing all these additional verticals that companies like DoorDash and Uber Eats have just been sitting on or even passed on, and you also have a better approach to this. That's really the key ingredient here, is the way you're doing things that differentiating you from the rest of the marketplace. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think it really, it, it, it goes down to um, understanding your why, right? Like, people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. And as I think about like fan food starting uh, in the sports and entertainment space, 
the reality is like it is you know think about like the owners you have leagues right uh and old old rich white folks that own these teams um it's it's it is sometimes can be perceived as politically complex tough to navigate with long sales cycles low acvs and makes it very hard to successfully innovate as a technology company because the siloed departments in you know as from a business perspective make it tough to deliver value so we were getting pushed in our in our strategy from day one learning that those things those realities the hard way forced us to the bottom right yeah. we're going to start with high schools now instead of going for the big boys the nfl the nba those teams we're going to start at the high school level and work our way up right mm-hmm. so it, it goes into like the core of who we are and we're not going to give up Right, and we're gonna be persistent, and we're gonna uncover the pain points of our stake, key stakeholders involved in the decision-making process that would be willing to del- write us a check for the products and services that we provide. And through that process, we learned three things at FanFood, core things. The first one you have a customer experience, right? We created a marketplace. That's what we did, right? We connected buyers to sellers, no different mm-hmm. than Grubhub, Uber Eats, or Postmates, but we did it in sports and entertainment. And we learned three core things. The first thing from the consumer experience perspective, making that ordering process frictionless and convenient, yeah. right? Like. Fans don't want to wait 20 minutes in long line and pay cash during the halftime and not miss a big play, but are stuck waiting for shitty food options. And that whole ordering process, not convenient and not frictionless. How do we solve for that? We started with a native app, native iOS and Android app. Mm -hmm. And the sports industry said, well, fans don't want to download an app. That's friction. That's a friction. You got to remove that barrier. Fans don't want to create a profile. Got to remove that barrier. Do you have how uh, you have to pull out a credit card? That's friction. You got to use Apple Pay and Google wallets. What do we do? We rolled out a web app and we created the first online and mobile ordering marketplace. And then we learned a few more hardships about inventory management and, you know, creating an ecosystem. And we had to roll out then the ability for a customer to pre-order before that event right? The next kind of core pillar was the operator experience. If you think about the folks behind a concession stand, not the most skilled labor, right? So the theme that we quickly learned, even at the high school level for volunteer parents that arguably didn't want to be there in the first place and would rather just watch their son under Friday night lights play in the game rather than, you know, serve up concessions. Make the technology very easy to use. Yeah. Keep it simple, right? That was the theme that we did. And we focused as a technology company on making the ordering process frictionless and the operator experience easy to use. And the last core pillar was prove value. And that became at the core, 
the three pillars of why fan food. Um, and that's what we're going to stay true on. And we'll see where we go from there. So you mentioned several good things there about convenience, access, operations also. But there's one thing that I wanted to elaborate upon. You said why. You said in the beginning is why are you doing what you're doing? Why does fan food exist? Because yeah. that's what people buy. And I actually saw an opportunity to, to, to kind of segue this into uh, the Toys R Us uh, story. So Toys R Us, a company that was started in 1948 and just died a few years ago. I heard stories that he might be coming back. But this, this was a giant empire, right? And they knew that the toy industry was so huge. But they didn't really have a real why behind it. And that's in part why I think they faded, they failed to pivot, adapt also. So when you were talking about the why of, you were talking about, you know, fans want convenience, fans want an experience, you know, fans don't want to have to wait through long lines. This is all important things that I think modern companies are not taking into consideration. They don't understand that you really got to get into the mindset of how your audience, your buyer persona thinks. And create a product or a service that, that's literally, I mean, this is why the Amazons of the world are skyrocketing right now is because you can sit on your ass on the couch and order something and not even lift a, well, you're lifting a finger because you're swiping, so to speak. But still, it's the convenience factor. It's convenient. It's easy. You know, nobody, nobody wants to go through uh, giant hassles and jump hoops, let alone fans. I mean, I can begin to tell you when I'm at a baseball game, which who knows when that's coming back at this point. When I'm at a baseball game and I want a beer or I want a hot dog, you know, I, I don't want to get up and go up to the, to the concession stand, which I know that MLB is kind of on the list for fan food. But just like having that convenience factor with minor leagues, specifically to be able to do that that's a huge convenience who wouldn't want to do that you're spending more time with friends and family you know watching the game as opposed to having to worry about oh you know what i gotta jump through these people and get up there and wait 20 minutes to get my food and by then you know what you missed that play you you missed that that home run you know so, like, I think that's really important to acknowledge is it is about experience. It is about, you know, convenience. Um, you know, one thing I did want to ask you also is because I think this is like just absolutely phenomenal that, you know, how is fan food? What is fan food doing right now? The way you're contributing to local businesses and communities, you know, amidst this COVID-19 pandemic? What are we doing now? Um so uh, a few things one is creating that alignment because internally as an organization and aligning on or i should say realigning right because when you pivot quick into a completely new uncharted industry your your team right things might get shaken up a bit. And so, but at the same time, and by going through that pivot, it's, we've, it's never like the vision of fan food, our why became validated overnight. Because if you think about it, 
the industry that you move into, your vision at the end of the day shouldn't be changed no matter what, right? That's, that's, yeah. your, that's your true north. That doesn't change your, and it's who you are, right? As a person, your core values. What, what, what wakes you up in the morning to do what you do every day? Why do you love your job? And for me, it validated the vision of fan food. And what I was, you know, I always said it was um, our, you know, our vision was uh, to deliver the ultimate fan experience. But what I learned was I was communicating it the wrong way. Just replace fan with customer to deliver the ultimate customer experience, knowing that we have multiple, we serve multiple customers. Fans are a segment of customers that we serve, and we also serve the operator. Right. You know what I mean? That, that person behind that concession stand. And we serve other key stakeholders. In order to do that, you know, we made it our mission to make the ordering process frictionless. We made it our mission to make the operator experience easy to use. And we made it our mission to prove that value. Yeah. And I think like that is why, like for me, um, this opportunity is proving this pivot is proving to, um, you know, get the traction or it's almost, um, uh, it's been like refreshing, right? I feel like every, every entrepreneur goes through the similar challenges of starting and right. growing a business. Um, and you get to a point where you just kind of you everything becomes very clear and you simplify everything um even yeah. though at the surface it may seem that the it's it's you're changing a whole bunch of stuff and all the, it's just it's just that realization that i i think enables companies to take that next level of um maturity in the in their in their process of becoming going from a startup to an established you know, organization. Yeah. yeah. Now that's a really good point. And I know uh, we talked about resilience um, before hitting record. And, you know, that's, I think you said refreshing, um, you know, these times being refreshing because in part, you know, pivoting is essential to business, every business. I don't care if you're a startup or you're an established organization, or even a corporation, you're going to have to pivot, you know, multiple times because of the changing times of business the business landscape, you know, in fact, it's so hard to keep, you know, a pulse on what's happening in the business marketplace. The pivoting is literally something that you have to become comfortable with and you have to, you know, develop that sense of um, resilience. So where do you, you know, just in closing, where, where do you see fan food going from this point on? Like, have you kind of thought about, you know, uh, what, what do we want to do in the next six to 12 months, you know, amidst of everything that's happening in the marketplace? Um, I, I, uh, I mean, call me crazy, but, uh, I, I think that we're, I think the, the, the um, we're uniquely positioned to win by, by, looking inward and remembering like, or I think validating why it is 
um, why we decided to create this business in the first place, combined with the fact that this uh, pandemic has caused a paradigm shift in consumer behavior, and that our in primary industry uh, once you know pre-COVID believed you know, saw our product and service as a convenient alternative to skipping annoying lines uh, to is now a must have consideration to support social distancing when events return. So we went from a nice to have, hey, we'll, we'll check in next year to what a CRM is to your business. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can't operate without it. So it's our opportunity to capitalize on it and take advantage of this time and work hard and remind everybody why it is, what we do, what we do. Or the alternative as a business owner can, you know, take the defensive strategy approach and wait for events return back to normal, which could be in three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months. Who knows? But I prefer to, um, you know, focus my time and energy on things that I can control and not worry about things that I can't. You know, there, you, you just mentioned something at the end that's really important, you know, to notate um, as a business is this that, you know, focus on the things that you can control, be proactive, be actionable, because the inevitable will happen. And I think there's a lot of small businesses that, I think are so worried about the inevitable of like what's going to happen in three months or six months or 12 months that they're forgetting to be actionable. They're, they're forgetting to, to keep doing what they've been doing. And you mentioned that, you know, with COVID-19, it's been really refreshing because he has forced you to pivot, but he has really kind of solidified your why behind why you're doing what you're doing. And honestly, that why has a very strong footprint because it attributes to company culture. It attributes to inner strength. It attributes to retention. It attributes to growth. It attributes to innovation. So many different things. Um, before we close things out, you know, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I know that this can go indefinitely, but yeah, we can throw talk out, a while. yeah um, you know, throw out some social handles. What are the best ways for people to connect with you? You know, I want the audience to reach out to you. You know, what are some, what are the best ways to connect with you? I mean, if you have, I, I personally, um, you can't grow without feedback. So if anyone has like, wants to send me a personal note, the best way to get a hold of me is by my email, uh, Carson at fanfoodapp.com. Um, if you want to, any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, I'm, you know, love, love it all. Um, even if it's not always positive. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you obviously follow us on all the social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, just search fan food, fan food app, fan food on demand on Twitter, um, to follow some of our, um, content. And lastly, we have a podcast, the game day, uh, playbook as well. Um, and you know, that is a little bit more geared toward the, you know, sports and live entertainment and kind of, you know, what venue operators are doing to enhance or deliver that, that next wave of fan experience. And so, um, you know, if, if that's something that's, you know, 
of interest to this this audience group check that out and and throw us a throw us a follow on on that awesome carson i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast it was an absolute hey. pleasure Thank, thank you. Thanks for all the hard work you do for fan food. I appreciate it. Switch gears with